show is sponsored by HiveMind CRM. It is more than just a CRM. It is a real estate and business mastermind that comes with an all-in-one CRM. You can have unlimited websites and users. You can call, text, RVM, and email all-in-one user interface. And you can set up custom automations for any type and multiple businesses. 65% of companies start using a CRM system within the first five years of business. Once implemented, the HiveMind will save you on marketing, give you more time, and make more money. One of our users had his first $100,000 month using our system in June. We want to see you automate and accelerate your business. Text us at 210-972-1842 for future meetings and of course to get our $1 course on how to make more than six figures on one land deal. You can schedule your free demo today at HiveMindCRM.io. Mm-hmm. Welcome, welcome everybody. What up, what up? Mr. Mike Novak, you're a legend around these parts, bro. Come on, what are they saying about me? Mike Novak <laughs> is the, for one, he's becoming a land guru himself. But also, what kind of rumors they spread in? Legend has it that you were the very first person that ever signed up for the hive mind when they went live. Oh, I think that is a true story. That one is the truth. The other are ones that are Mike probably Novak? all lies, though. <laughs> yeah, all the other all the other rumors are lies though. They're all they're all half truths and tall tales. <laughs> yep, the fish was this big, the assignment was this large, you know, you know how they go. A <laughs> uh, fish story. I was gonna uh I wanted to chat with you about mailers, man, at some point. I, I know I don't kind of know what you're up to it right now, but I know you've you've kind of visited that. And then if anybody on this call is familiar with moving uh, lots of land in multiple states, you know, like nationwide lead gen campaigns, I would like to have that conversation. We could even do it right here on this call. I'm about to launch a nationwide lead, lead gen campaign. Um, so if anybody wants to participate in that, you know, we're happy to chat about it and just kind of trying to pilot a real small group to test it out, like four to five people. So if anybody wants to play, let me know. Welcome, everybody. This is Thursday night's Hive Mind call. Uh, it's just a community call, you know, and it's also open to guests. So, members, don't forget, this is not a singles dance. We want you to bring somebody with you every time you come to these calls. Bring a friend, a family member, a stranger, somebody that needs to, uh, you know, they could have a financial rebuilding, right, of their life. Um, if you want to teach somebody a skill or if they can, uh, you know, produce a year's worth of income for themselves in a, a very small amount of time, sometimes one deal. Um, I think that's good to expose anybody to it, anybody that would listen. So, yeah, don't forget to, to bring, always bring a guest to these calls. You never know whose lives you're going to change. So there's a gentleman on this call right now, and uh, his name is Santana. And he came to a friend of mine named Sean, who was a roofing contractor. And Sean came around early in the hive, but he didn't, uh, he didn't like take any action. He didn't do anything. And then I saw Santana was just kind of just there listening in the background for a long time. And uh, I started, I kept seeing him on all the calls, kept seeing him on all the calls. I'm like, that's interesting. You know, I wonder, I thought uh, my other buddy was there engaging as well, but it turns out he had dropped off a long time ago and I never even noticed because I always saw Santana around. And then go to find out, yeah, that they're, they're kind of not working together too much anymore. And, and now just recently, you know, Santana's hit his stride. You know, he has his very first wire coming in. 
And uh, I think he has another contract he's about to lock up. So it just shows you what happens with consistency, sticking with it, um, you know, just learning the game, just watching, listening. And the magic really does happen pretty quick. So, and I've seen it over and over again. It's pretty interesting. I love playing the game. I think John Alexander talked about that. that it's, it's, it does become a very, very fun game. If you're enjoying yourself and you're seeing the people around you win, it gets really, really fun. I don't know that it might ever get old. I think John Alexander was saying that he wanted to uh, take the word retirement out of the out of everybody's vocabulary because this is a fun game to play. And I've, I've talked about it on calls a bunch of times before. And I said, like, I'm probably going to be like a 99-year-old man just still negotiating some ranches. <laughs> They're trying to make uh -huh. something happen. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> and we had to, that's, like, how, that's how my dad went out 89 still flipping the loss only because you know kept it going it, it was a game he knew he could play and win every time yeah so it's it's really great but you know what you you know you you brought up a good point on winning and i was just thinking about this Here's week about you know why do we do what we do in here and uh you know for so many of us like you anthony and everybody knows he'll reach out. He'll do stuff for you. Why is he doing that? He wants he wants to win, and he wants to see you win. So we win, and we're if we're working a deal with you. We get to enjoy your win if we're helping you because that means we are still winning, and we love to see you win. So it's, you know, it's, for a lot of us, it's not about the money anymore. It's about the game, and the game is about winning. So you'll find a lot of the top, very top people. I was watching a. And it occurred to me because I was watching a movie uh, last week by, about Carl Icahn, you know, the big, one of the biggest uh, corporate raiders out there, really. But when you ask him, because he's so rich, he doesn't need any more money. But when, you, when they ask him, you know, why do you do it? He says, because I like to win. And, um, you know, it, it does. That's, a, that's that, uh, uh, I guess it's the chemical that takes place in our brain, right? Our brain produces chemicals that, it's the most sat sometimes it's the most satisfying chemical you know it's better than drugs right that, that that win is part of that so yeah thanks anthony for sharing that man super agree with you um it is it is an addicting drug right the same way that you go for a cup of coffee right or the perfect cigar um getting putting somebody in a position to like change their whole life their you know the trajectory of their life the financial future it, it never to me it's never get it never gets old um it gives me that exact same first time feeling again. So it's a cool game to play. It's fun. Like I said, we come across challenges, um, funny sellers, right? And then we get to network with other fine souls out there that are doing this too, like as a hobby. I feel like it's somewhere between like a chess match, a checkers game and a tennis match going all at the same time with my real estate friends, right? Because like you're always checking in on each other, constantly doing things together, JVing together, Having these uh these conversations of strategy, kind of like you know, managing a war, small war. Um, and I think it's I think it's a interesting phenomenon to kind of watch. And you're playing to city to city, you're playing state to state, uh, but then again, always seeing the people around you accelerating and coming up and changing their lives. I don't think it's ever going to get old to me. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get. It's hard to get tired of a game that you love to play. And that you're constantly winning at, and you know we 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 have some losses. That's what makes the game so fun is the losses, okay? right? So we play we play to win, and we we understand we can lose too. So you you definitely play to win. Yeah, I, I think um, 
you, you don't see those losses coming, but then I also don't regret them. I think I, I told Shariah that on another call that all the losses, it kind of doesn't hurt me in a way. Like, um, I guess because you learn and then you, you notice I'm never going to make that mistake again. Right? It's like you burn your hand on the stove. And like, I'm going to stay as far away from that as possible. And then I notice I'm, I'm starting to play a lot more defense now too. So again, you get better at defense sometimes. And after you've mastered offense, don't forget about your defense. Yeah. You know, the other thing people overlook on losses is that one of the things you can learn, you know, I mean, you can learn from the loss and, and twist it. So it's like, oh, okay, this is bad, but how can I make this better? You know, how can I fix this problem? And now you've developed a niche. So, yeah, it's just because sometimes you figure out how to fix it after the loss. You, you know, you don't you don't figure it out in the middle of the loss. Uh, I was just talking to my wife tonight about remembering my first big apartment deal. It was a two point nine million dollar deal or something. And I had nice. a $60,000 commission coming on it and I lost the whole thing. I lost the whole thing. Because I didn't know, I was so new into the game of uh, apartments, I didn't really think, hey, the stuff that we're doing in, in houses, you can do with apartments too. So what did I not do? That they, that they ended up uh, going around me. I could have just simply filed a memorandum and, and had picked up 60000 So that was, that was definitely a loss. But I learned, right? I learned, all right, file that memorandum. You know, if you think somebody and I kind of figured they were going around me because things were kind of like not not closing on time. So you you pick up all those from losses and now you can learn to actually make money from those losses. I feel like if you have a big loss, right, and you, you can't see them until you're looking back, which is the most painful part. Right. <laughs> but I think that the, the more often you see that, like I said, the more well-rounded of an investor you become. And uh, you, you learn not to repeat, like, let, don't let history repeat itself. Like, I've seen this before. Right. I, I could let it slide. I could ease up. But you know what? I'm going to go ahead and lock this thing in right this second because I've seen this movie before and I know how it ends. And I don't want to I'm not going to go through that again. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely wanna, don't want to put your fi uh, fingers back in the same fire again. <laughs> yeah. I think even people that are listening to these calls right now, if you haven't had too many L's in your career yet, I think that's why these ongoing conversations are so powerful is because like you can, you can learn, you know, 10 or 20 years worth of, of failures or, or bad experiences in a short amount of time. So you don't have to even live through them. So maybe you never have to burn your hand on that fire by just hearing the experience of others. Absolutely. That's, you know, if, if you can learn from somebody else, it's like you're getting there. Sometimes you're getting their entire lifetime of, bad lessons because you can sit down with somebody or you can jump on a call like what we're doing and you pick up you pick up all those little things and it's like it's like tapping into somebody's lifetime that you now you you know you're that far much you're that much further ahead and you don't have to experience all that pain and agony it's like you went right <laughs> to the front of the line you know somebody gave you a get out of jail free card basically it is painful. It really is painful. Sometimes you get yourself into a situation. I remember one time I was driving to the title company and my heart was jumping out of my chest. I was like, man, I was having like anxiety because I didn't know if we were going to close or not. I was like, I don't know what to say. Like we're waiting on some funds to get wired in. And I'm like down to the wire, man. And I remember I was having kind of like chest pains. I was like, hey, this, is a, this can get pretty heavy, you know. Um, and then having 
taking those large L's and come to a deal and, and make ourselves a, a nice payday. It's because like I've, I've paid, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars for my education. Like, so somebody asks like, you know, about your, you made a large amount of money in a small amount of time, but it's like, this, this college was expensive, you know, in both time and, and capital. Can I um, say something? I wanted to say that's what you all are giving, not just me, but all of us that are new to um, this form of learning uh, real estate. I know for me it is uh, because when I, I, I didn't um, I didn't have a land glide. So I went to land glide and I'm learning things from that. And then I'll see things that you all might post or talk about. And then I said, okay, that's what that is. You know, just a simple map and stuff. But you're saying things that I'm learning that I never knew. So all of this, again, for me, now I'm going to start the winning part. I have not found that perfect property yet. But um, uh, you guys have given me some really great uh, information. And, and you know, I there read, is no perfect property, Loretta. They all come with them whole host of problems <laughs> that's why we make the money we make that's why. okay good yeah. I, i'm we, glad to hear that we want to see some problems on that property Meg, you should see the one i'm doing right now oh my god oh my <laughs> god the more i got into it the worse it got but i went from offering the guy fifty thousand dollars now we're down to uh he's going to walk away with four thousand dollars wow so okay. your pro those problems they make you money but okay. if you don't see them, if you don't spot them ahead of time, you'll overpay for the property, right? So we always looking for problems. I love to see the problems come. And it's like, man, then I went out there because it was a local property and um, that, uh, that uh, I'm doing a JV with, with one of you guys on. And I went out there and this guy comes out there and he's like, get off my property. And I, this is not your property. It's, it's a road. It's a private road. It's not your road. I mean, you know, that's the kind of thing sometimes you have to go through. <laughs> I say, okay, mm -hmm. I'm out of here. And so... But, you know, I, I got everything I needed to know. That guy, that mm -hmm. experience, what did I do? Mm -hmm. I went back and called the seller. Hey, you got a crazy guy next to you that nobody's going to buy this property. I'm there. I don't even want to go back out there. Boom. Down goes the price. You know, so, so oh. everything that's negative, you can turn positive if you think yes. about it. Mm -hmm. You got to sit down and think about it. It took me an hour driving to figure out exactly what I was going to say to the seller to get my price. From fifty thousand all the way down to four, and it worked. Wow! Yeah, that's great. And and by well, the way, when ready. I sell that that property right there, we're going to be able to get probably between one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand for that property. That's I'm how sure. expensive. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's crazy what what you can do out there, but you got to go out there uh, and look for them. You know. Right. Yeah. I saw a piece of property today, but if a realtor had it, and I just wanted to call anyway. Because it's practice for me. And so practice. I called. Yep. I, I called. And I said, uh, I offered them a price. You know. There you go. And <laughs> that took guts, by the way. That took guts. I won't even do that. I offered them a, <laughs> I offered them a price. And we said, yeah. well, no. The property I, in this area is worth that. And, you know, I, I kind of got tongue-tied. But I was, yeah. I was feeling very confident offering them that price. And it made me feel good. To yeah. be able to talk to them and offer them that price, it was like twelve thousand, no, eighteen thousand in Atlanta, Georgia, just some land. It was just land, yeah. And uh, they wanted eighteen, and I told them, uh, 
I'll uh, I offered them 10. <laughs> and she said, oh, of course not. I'm not going to take it. You know, she wouldn't take it, but I did. I offered her 10, you know. Yeah. And that was just my beginning point. I yeah. really would have given her 15, but she well, wouldn't let you know, me go there, any further. And I didn't know any more kind of like negotiation, how to negotiate it. Well, you know, if you if you block out the idea that you're negotiating and just try to think about how do I how do I get mm -hmm. an offer in at this point? Because now you can't even get an offer in because the, the real estate agent is is, uh, you know, they're being the uh, the defense and they're they're not letting you go. So so the what you're calling negotiation is really just figure out, well, what do I do then? You know, and you can ask them. Mm -hmm. Every time somebody blocks me, I you can get blocked by a title company. They say, "Oh, well, I, we can't do that." Okay, well then, how can we do it? See, that's that's your natural okay. response. Okay, then what will work? Well, then what will make it work? Mm -hmm. How do I do it? And you put it back on them, so it's not on you, because that's what they did to you, right? When they said, "No, I'm not exactly. going to take that," they threw the ball back over to your side. Well, you got to throw it back over there. And by the way, you and I are the same on that. I just had a conversation with a realtor this past week. And um, and I have called the guy three times over the past two months because I have a buyer for, for a, the, a lot like this in the subdivision. And um, the, the buyer is actually next door to the property that the realtor wow. has listed. The, the, mm -hmm. This buyer has never wanted to even call the, the realtor. They I sold them that property, so they just want to deal with me for some reason. I don't know. Anyway, they call me. <laughs> so um, I've offered him three prices starting down at 20, and now I'm up to uh, I, my last offer was at 30, and he still hasn't called me back. But, mm. I, I, I'm gonna, but I'm not going to let that stop me. I'm going to call him back again because mm -hmm. I've got a buyer who's willing to pay even more than that. I'm just trying to make my spread between the two. Right. So, yeah, you just keep. I give them a couple of days, well, yeah. let them cool off, and then go back at them. And when they see yeah, that you're, I, you're persistent, you, you have a shot uh -huh. at it, really. Right, because I've been calling a FISBO for three days now. Yeah. And the very first time I called, they hung up on me, but, but I called <laughs> back again, you know. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and then I said, um, I'm interested in your FISBO you have out front. Nope. And hung up again. And so I called them again, and the third time they didn't answer. And I'm not using my home number; I'm using a Google number. So I'm yeah. sure I sh I'm sure they're recognizing it. But I, I'm just not. It gives me more um, confidence when I call, and yeah. uh, so that's how I'm going with it. You know. Yeah, you can't go wrong with practice. You know, you really can't, and you'll stumble into a deal sometimes just by doing that. Uh, yeah point anybody else have questions today exactly everybody's here can jump in and help hey deandre i see hey, you up in the corner my friend what's going on john i just wanted to ask some um sometimes uh because you brought up right problems right i was gonna say uh sometimes problems can be like right in front of us i had a recent situation right so um i was looking at some land two and a half acres in florida and I noticed that this, it was, it was listed, right? It was listed with an agent, but it was listed for over a year. I was like, dude, this thing listed for 369 days. What's going on? So they had it listed as a mobile home, as a, like a manufactured home. It was all beat up for like 215,000. I'm like, okay. 
scoot them over home. I'm looking at the land. But when you read the description, it says this also comes with two other parcels, um, blah, 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 blah. So I was like, I was like, hold on, there's gold in this, right? Because they listed it wrong. They listed it as a mobile home and they put in the description, it comes with land. They should have listed it as land and said it came as a mobile home. Yeah, right? Right. They literally did the opposite. I don't know what this agent was thinking. Anyways, long story short, the listing was old. It was inactive, but yet it was still like on the market. I don't know how. I called the agent. She claimed it was active, but it wasn't. The seller said, oh no, that contract is done. So I don't know. Anyways, long story short, I got in contact with the seller directly. She said, oh, that listing's old. We're selling it for 250 now. That's our price, bottom line. And I'm like, 250. I'm like, okay. So I turn around and find a buyer for 320. Like I'm talking about the next day, like, hey man, we could take that for 320. And I'm like, honestly, I didn't see a need to argue with them. You know, they, they were firm at 250. So I was like, you know, I sent them at 250. You got a contract back the same day. And then I got a contract back from the buyer the same day at 320. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm confused because I'm like, this thing has been listed over a year. The buyer wants it for over $300,000. But I guess the buyers, they're not looking for, I guess, mobile homes or manufactured homes. So it was just a piece of gold just kind of sitting, sitting there. And it's like everybody just walked past it. I don't yeah. know. I saw it. It was like, nah, nah, nah. It's something not, it's something not right about this. Something not right. Yeah. So that agent deserves that a, was a good catch. Yeah, Andrea. That agent really deserves a spanking. She deserves a spanking. I know that a lot of them do. A lot of them make that mistake. Um, I ran across one last year the same way. They listed uh, several different pieces of land, each of them worth more than you know what that one looked like. It was the same thing you 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 found. So this is like a, I guess it could be more common than what we think, and all of us can start to look for that. Yeah, man, they, li they listed it so wrong. And the thing is, I didn't even realize it was listed until after. I was like, holy crap, this thing's been on the market for a year. And then I read it, and I was like, ah, no wonder why it didn't sell. They have it listed as a mobile home. And if you yeah. look at it, you're like, dude, I'm not paying $250 for that, that mobile home. But if you were listed as vacant land, it would have been that thing would have been probably gone in a week or less, you know? So... So it's like sometimes, sometimes things are right in our face. We just gotta, I don't know, identify it. I guess. So you know what I'm hearing you guys say too that uh, a lot of realtors uh, are kind of uh, confused about <laughs> their listings. They don't list things right either, you know. So I'm gonna look for that. That's some good information for me. I'm writing yeah. that down now. Well, most most agents. I'm not gonna say most because I, I can't speak for everywhere, but. You know, a lot of agents, they don't really understand land. They only mm -hmm. understand single families and, you know, things with structures on them. So when this mm -hmm. agent did the listing with the seller, she didn't know if I was the agent, you know, thank God I'm not. I don't know if I was the agent and this seller would have came to me with this property. I would have been like, ma'am, you have two and a half acres. Right. And you only have a mobile home on it. We're not we're not listing this as a mobile home. We're listing it mm -hmm. as two and a half acres you know what i'm saying but the agent didn't see she valued i don't know if she valued the structure more than the land um but she did it backwards and all it took was just one one click of a button and that could have literally got her you know whatever her commission would have been on that i don't know um right. but you know but sometimes they don't really understand land as much uh so yeah when it comes to land 
not really. Some of the ones I've dealt with, I have some really good land agents, but they don't really do listings and stuff. They're like me, they're investors, right? But when I need them, they're they're there for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, realtors are mainly uh, they you know they're they're trained even from the from the very basics that they're in the business to sell houses. So uh, you know, I I say that um, land is as far from a real real estate agent as uh, selling a business is from a real estate agent. Uh, an agent can sell land; they can also sell a commercial building, but they shouldn't sell land and they shouldn't sell commercial buildings. They need to stick with what they're you know what what they've been trained to until they get the additional training because there's some really good land uh, real estate mm. agents, like you mm-hmm. mentioned, uh, DeAndre, that they just specialize in land. I've got one over here. He, 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 this guy just absolutely kills it. If he gets a piece, he's going to sell it at tip top price. And, uh, and he knows everything there is to know about land. And yeah, he is a good resource because I can call him if I try, if I'm in a, in a, a area that I'm not sure about, well, uh, but most agents are, you're, you're right. They're, they're house, they're all about houses. And, and it's really in their best interest not to go into land because land doesn't pay a lot of commission. You know, a lot, most lots mm-hmm. don't, you know, you'll starve with an agent. Uh, it's hard enough making money selling houses. How are you going to make money selling land? Unless you're so good at it, you, you can rope them all in like these, these specialty guys do. And, and most of them go after large acreage and that's how they make their money off of larger acreages. Very good. Hey, I've got the, I had a conversation with a guy selling 6,000 acres outside of San Antonio. And uh, so I made him an offer of 2750 an acre. He's going to take it to the shareholders. Just curious, anybody want 6,300 acres of ranch? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a look at that one, man. This is Anthony. Yeah, and San Antonio yeah, is my home base. So, yeah, I'm that's all over that. Yeah. 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 Let me have a look at that. Yeah. I've got uh, another one in San Antonio. Uh, it's a couple, two, three acres, uh, but a, a little, the road has to be extended. It's in an older neighborhood. The homes look like they're going for less than 200. They look like they're going to, you know, $150,000 range. But there's room, there's room for 10 or 11 lots in there to put in, uh, you know, some new homes if somebody wants to put the road in. Uh, just had that conversation today as well. And that's, uh, yeah, I think that's in San Antonio as well. And once you start getting into development and, uh, you know, extending roads and all that, man, the, the improvements might cost more than the land, right? So you got to take a real close look at those and, and you can weigh it out either way because I've made tracks on easements work. But yeah, like I said, you don't want to be working on deals where you're pushing a boulder uphill. So yeah, let me take a look at that yeah. one. I can, I can give you all the, the good and the bad. And then I probably do have a buyer for it too. Oh yeah, super. I got some uh, screenshots and some details that I can email over to you, no problem. Beautiful. What I like to see, I'll tell everybody on this call right now, whenever I'm looking at land, I like to make the, the quickest possible valuation that I can make. So if I had all of the bullets right in front of me and I didn't have to call and ask any questions, my main yeah. thing is uh, I want to see what the what shape the land is in. Is it an on is it on an easement or is it like does it have county road funds like a paved asphalt road? And then the more paved asphalt road that you have on a property touching the property, the better the property is. So if you have one that's like on a long skinny easement that's only sixty feet wide, 
you know, most municipalities won't let you put in a, a utility easement if, there's, if the road's not at least 60 foot wide for in, inbound, outbound traffic and utilities. So 60 foot easement's the minimum, but if that's all the track has, I've had people send me stuff like, I got some land by Austin and it's 200 acres, but it's down in easement. Like for sure, somebody's gonna buy that someday that really, really wants to develop it. But then again, like I said, it kind of just makes the property strange, right? Because you, you lose a lot of your development potential, your road frontage is everything on a, on a large land track. So yeah, when you send something over, you wanna send like a, a shot of like land glide, or a map writer, anything that shows the outline of the property so you can see how it's oriented on the road, where it is. I like to see a zoomed out pin drop, right? So if it's like in San Antonio, like where is it by? Where's that pin drop? Like what's the closest little town name? Um, so I can just orient myself real quick, see what side of town it's on, um, what the shape of the parcel is, how much road frontage. And then you got to know like if it's in a flood zone, does it have utilities? Does it have a house? Has it ever had one before? You know, just that's like a quick, quick evaluation uh, is it's where is it and how is it oriented on the road? And then of course, what's the asking price? And then if you have comps even better, because I've get, been getting a lot of people send me stuff and they're like, oh, the guy just says it, just give them an offer. Like then, then that throws a lot of the work back on my plate. So if you've already, you kind of just got to go round and round. Does everybody on this call know how to get a number out of a seller? Is that pretty common or, or do, do a lot of us struggle there? Uh, well, I know I do, I struggle. So what I do is um, when a seller is throwing a price at me, uh, I just tell them, you know what, I can, I can throw it out there and see what, see what it's worth. I mean, it's, it's worth what, what somebody's willing to pay. So, you know, I really don't know if this three acres is worth $80,000 or not. Um, I don't think it is, but at the same time, uh, I just, I don't argue with them. I just tell them, Hey, the market's going to tell, you know, the market will decide, you know, and it's just, are you willing to accept what the market is willing to offer at this, at this time? Yeah, I like that, man. I like pushing them into a number or at least trying to get realistic with them because if, if they're saying like, well, I just want to see what you would offer me. Uh, it depends on the rapport you've built as well, but I would say something because this is my personality. I would just say like, Hey, sir, like uh, you don't want to get an offer from me. I said, because normally when somebody says, hey, just give me an offer and I give them a number, I said, they, they usually get mad and hang up on me. I'm like, so I'm just kind of curious. Look, I know you have a number in your mind that you're not going to go below. You're just not going to go below that number, no matter what happens. I said, that's the number I want from you. Well, yeah, yeah. I just kind of wanted to see what you were going to have, what you were going to offer me. Yeah, you know, if I had to dig up a number, I'll usually start right around the county appraisal district value. And, uh, you know, that's kind of where we like open up our negotiations. We start right around there. And I'm very, the same, the question I ask them 100% of the time is I'll say, um, do you know what the county thinks it's worth? Because now I'm not telling you, you're not telling me. Now you're having like a third party that says, we think it's worth 146000 so two things are going to happen. The seller's going to say, hey, um, oh, man, but I know it's worth way more than that because my neighbor, right, and they're going to start to justify why theirs is so much more expensive than what the county has it listed at. And then you can kind of, you know, start there. Start At least you have like an anchoring that you didn't create. Uh, the county created it. And then the other thing that they would do is they'll say, well, you know, the county says it's worth 43 
And if they're proud of that number, then I'll ask them, like, is that really what you're looking for? Right. Is that the number you need? Like, do you need to sell it at that full county value? And they're like, uh, yeah, I'd sell it for that. And I'm like, OK, all right, let me do a little bit of homework and I'll call you back. And that's it. I mean, usually you'll take a look and in most areas, at least in Texas, uh, it always sells for more than what the county has it listed at. So you've already created a spread. They're happy with the number they're getting without you having to chew them down. There's a bunch of cool stuff that happens there, but I'll pre- I'm going to pretty much keep talking a seller in circles until he gives me a number. I'm just going to keep repeating myself, bringing up different scenarios, uh, you know, anything and everything to, to get that guy to give me a number. Because if you come to somebody like a buyer, anybody and say, hey, I have this, I think I have a good lead, but I can't get a number out of the guy. That doesn't really help us at all. Yeah, we just got so much stuff that we're working on and looking at. It's like, at least get your person there, you know, get your person there, get them realistic so that they know that we're investors. I, another thing that I say to every single seller is um, I'm just looking for a property where there's a little bit of room for me. And I, I'm from Texas, so I'm like, look, we ain't trying to skin nobody, but I'm just looking for properties where there's a little bit of room for me. And then I ask them, do you feel like there's any room for me in this deal? Yes or no? I just ask them like that straight up. And all they can say is, nope, I'm going to sell it on the market and I'm going to get $8 million. I'm like, okay, well, you know, if that doesn't work out, you have my cash offer and uh, it doesn't expire, right? So just call me whenever you're ready if you, if you want to take another look at this. And that's it. I mean, they're going to they're gonna give me a number before I hang up. That's cool. Hey, Anthony, can I get your email address? Yes, sir. Yep, it's A and then my last name, G-A-O-N-A, 81 at gmail.com. Got it. I'll send you this over. It's uh, south southwest in the Parcel. Yep, Parasol. Yep. Mm-hmm. Parasol four ten annexation. It's in that okay. area there. Yeah, I'm familiar, man. Send it over, and I can tell you within a within a few minutes, like where that where the deal falls, like on the, the spectrum from a wholesale deal to retail to you know priced well into like the top end of retail i'm kind of familiar with all areas in san antonio all right cool thank you heck yeah brother happy to help and look at that and for anybody on this call if you're not as comfortable jumping on a, on a call with somebody that has several thousand acres i'll take that call for you i don't know if y'all know that or not but if you can get me in front of that opportunity i'd love to take that call and uh, try to work something out so we can all win on those types of deals I'm definitely calling you. So when I get to San Antonio, I'm looking. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, so you can grab take anything. the call and I can learn. Grab anything. Market to everything. So you can get you some deals. Yeah, but if you get something that's outside of your comfort zone, you just tap the man on the or woman of, on the shoulder, the, the person that's you know came before you who's been doing it a little bit longer. And people in the hive mm-hmm. mind will help you. I don't care what anybody says. People in the hive mind will help you. Um, even if you're not in, you know, you just grab somebody and say hey i think i have an opportunity here I've, I've done the work i got in front of the sellers they want to hear an offer I, they know we're investors um they said that that we're gonna make, they know we're gonna make a fair offer and they know we're gonna make profit you know don't be afraid to ask mm-hmm. those questions i tell them mm-hmm. i'm gonna make something on this i'm buying this with the intention of making a tiny bit of profit you know and why would i like remove the cash from my account to put it in yours if you're gonna give me a property i can't sell like i do this for a living and we have kids and we have wives and spouses and we love what we do, but, you know, we have to get paid for it. We have to get compensated. Right. right. Yeah. yeah, that's why I love the high. I'm so glad that I found it because that is exactly what I found is that 
everyone, everything I've ever asked, uh, someone has been able to help and assist me. And that's just been so great for me because being a newbie, you know, I'm just starting from the ground up and uh, it makes a difference because you share, everyone shares so comfortably what they've learned. And I, I'm so grateful for that. So yeah, I love the hive. I ain't going yeah. nowhere. <laughs> I think what you're doing, being on these calls over and over again, that's how you learn to play the game. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it gets easier and easier. So it's like just if you're watching like a training of some sort, like you're in a training session, uh, the more often you appear, yeah, then it, it, you'll kind of, I think by the time you get it, it's funny how, how smooth things start to go. Exactly. I was learning that when I, because uh, I have Deal Machine now, right? Mm -hmm. And I didn't really read all the directions and little things pop up. And I said, oh, that's how that part works right there. So, you know, I'm learning the basics, but I'm learning. And it's really interesting to learn like I'm learning, you know, because again, it, it's satisfying for me and exciting to know, oh, that's what that is. Okay, so I've learned that part. or I'm learning that part right there. So it's really exciting for me. Yeah. So I love the hive. I love the 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 friendliness, the knowledge, and the care that each member that I've come across has given me. And it's just respecting and and knowing um, who we are, and that knowing reflects it in helping other people. So I appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate you. Yeah, thank you for being on here. I see you all the time on here. I know you're going to do well. I always say this on every call, I think, is that I always know who's going to do well when somebody comes around because they're just consistent. You know, I don't know what they're doing. I don't really check on their business, but I just see them often. I see them often. I see them commenting, interacting, joining the calls. And I'm like, okay, I know that person made it, even though they don't have any deals yet, right? They're just starting out. In my mind, I already see them as starting to get a ton of deals because I'm like, they're doing the behavior that I've seen work over and over and over again uh, for a long time, like Santana. I don't even know if he's still here or not. If you can unmute yourself, if you are, if not, we'll catch yes, you next sir. time. But yeah, dude, boom, look. Why do I even got to ask? I'm driving. I don't got to look at my phone. Uh, he's here, <laughs> right? And then now, you uh, did you get your wire yet or tomorrow or how are you looking? So... Uh, they actually sent my wire information to your wife. It was weird, um, but we, I, <laughs> got to take care of, I got it taken care of while I was at the gym, um, so that should be coming through tomorrow. But, yeah, just like Anthony was saying, reach out to everyone in the Hive. I think on this first one, between Anthony, Frank, DeAndre helped me with part of it, um, it wouldn't have been possible. So just reach out to everybody. Everyone's willing to help. It's It's a great thing. Boom. Proof is in the pudding, man. I'm telling you, I, I've talked about you in the beginning of the call. I'm not too sure if you heard it, but yeah, Santana came on early and he just stuck with it and he was just quiet, watching, listening. And I didn't know what the heck he was doing. And he just messaged me one day and we pieced together a campaign for him. Boom, deal one. And he's already starting to work on deal two. So once you have a consistent drip of deals, I think you don't ever have to get to the guru status of doing 30 deals a month, but if you can just do one deal here and there, one deal here and there consistently over and over again, then you automatically start to get a ton of them all in a row. Once you lead with consistency, and I think that's showing up, uh, making this important, right? Clearing your schedule, being on the calls, helping, um, 
like Loretta said, you know, you're networking, you're getting stuff in front of each other, being helpful. It always leads to something good. It always leads to something good. It'll, it'll lead to a JV, you know, these long-term relationships. Somebody sent me a message on Facebook Messenger and like, hey, check out this deal. If it turns into something, just give me some dollars, whatever, you know, no big deal. hundred grand, All right, just from a Facebook message. So again, like building relationships, being trustworthy, being honest, uh, networking with a lot of people, having integrity. It does come back around. It comes back around pretty quick. we got about 20 minutes left on this call. This call usually runs about an hour. We've got 18 minutes. If anybody has anything you want to cover, questions, comments, concerns, uh, feel free to unmute yourself and hop on in. Hey, Anthony. Hi there. Did I, ask, did I have somebody else? This is Ade. How y'all doing? Hey, real good. Yeah, a couple of people came on at the same time. How you been? Uh -oh. I'm good. I'm good. So I just, I just have a very quick question, if you don't mind sharing. Like, do you, yeah, do you have like, um, like, you know how you filter your leads on PopStream? What is the best filter that you know that you've always used, if you don't mind sharing? I don't know if that would be like something that you keep to yourself. But I was just- No, I kind of don't months. have any secrets. Yeah, I don't really have any secrets. I, I just tell everybody everything I do. And then I just say like with a grain of salt, like. Just try it. If it works, it works. But honestly, for uh, list stacking and all that and cleaning data, I don't mess with any of that at all. Mike Novak has helped me with that. Daniel runs that stuff. And then uh, I know there's a guy named Pablo who's in the hive mind. And we just did a live podcast today in person. And that's pretty much all he covered. And I forgot what tool he said he uses, but I can definitely ask him. Uh, oh, okay. He, he, yeah, he'll... Sorry. So the live with Daniel today, that was what he covered. That was what he spoke about. No, this was oh. with a gentleman named Pablo. It's not public yet. We just recorded it today. But gotcha. uh, I'll, yeah, I'll find out what tools it is, and then I'll post it inside of the Facebook page. That way everybody can get the question answered. And then if, if I don't get to it quick, like then just comment tomorrow. Say, hey, where, where was the name of that tool? And I'll tag Pablo. And we'll get you. We'll get the information out for sure. Okay. Okay. So it's a separate tool, uh, platform prop stream? Yeah, it's, 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 it's like one of those. It's one of the, you know, the ones that you hear a lot of people talking about. I just can't think of the name of it right this second, but he's okay. happy to share it. He's actually going to start teaching. We're doing a, what we're calling a Hive University. So Hive University is a, a specific teacher, a high level teacher that's going to mm -hmm. teach in depth about one specific topic, right? So whatever teacher elects to be the sub two guy, or we select mm -hmm. for sub two, then that's going to be the only sub two teacher we're ever going to have, uh, you know, for, for the, and, until a teacher decides they don't want to participate anymore, right? Then we can swap them out. But we're only going to have a, a, a set of highly effective real estate investors. And then they're mm -hmm. going to go like in depth as possible. So it'll probably be like a live class once a month, recordings, full access, um, right? So you can interact with these people one-on-one -on -one in a very small classroom environment. Um, mm -hmm. So we're going to be releasing that pretty soon. But yeah, I mean, we're all happy to share. We all kind of tell exactly what we're doing step by step. But I think it's, again, being on as many calls as possible, piecing together as many of the pieces of the puzzle together until it makes sense. And then you take off like a rocket. And you're one of the ones, too, that I'm seeing that's being super consistent. So yeah, it's just a matter of time. Right. And when and when you say send you the property information, are you are you only able to look at what um, if it's a good deal or not only in Texas, or you can do that nationwide? And what tool are you using for that? Or you just go to the GIS. What tool am I using for what now? 
So like when you know, you know how you say send me the APN number or the address or whatever, and you're able to determine if it's a good deal or not. Are you able to only do that in Texas or you can do that nationwide? And right now, what tool, yeah. What tool, what now, I'm sorry. What tool are you using for that? Do you just go to the, to the county GIS map to determine that? What I think the property is worth? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for now, I know it works in Texas. I don't know what other landscapes look like. Uh, I would imagine that it's kind of universal unless you get to like a, non, a not high in demand area. But in any area that's high in demand, I would imagine the people are pretty savvy there about fighting their property taxes. So the, what the county has a, a property shown for is typically lower than what it might sell on the retail. Right. And that might be a terrible rule of thumb, but it's the one that I've used and it seems to have done okay. I don't really like, enjoy looking at comps and uh, hashing out percentages and all that. So I just kind of, like I said, get a feel for, for the landscape of an area and try to still sell at a fair price. So if the, if the land's worth 10, you know, you know, you can sell it for 20. I'm not trying to sell it for 18. I'm gonna try to see if I can offload it for like 13, 14, 15 an acre. So I can be in and out quickly. Uh, and then if that's not the case, yeah, if we got to close on it, then we're going to list it at full retail or above retail, which we've sold a lot, sold a lot of properties above retail. Like we, we kind of go around making new comps sometimes uh, because we know what the properties are worth and we just hang on to them until they sell for what we're asking. Okay, so I'm so glad you brought that up. This is my last question, I promise, sorry. When you say you're gonna list it, do you put that in the contract? I know a lot of people put it under, they put the property under contract for like six months and then they put it on the MLS. Is that a separate contract you sign with the seller or is that part of the main contract? And This might be know, a John Alexander question because I'm not too familiar with listing uh, properties you don't own. Uh, but right. I know there's a way that you can do it and I don't know, I'm just not too familiar with it. So I, I can't speak to that. Uh, but what I'll do is once we hey, close Anthony, on something, it's Matt. Yeah. hey, what's up, brother? Hey, um, I've done that before um, in my I'm not saying this is the 100 percent correct way to do it. But I just add a clause in my purchase agreement that says um, buyer has the right to market the property, including on the multiple listing service. And I haven't had any issues with that. So. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, I wonder does, I wonder if that falls inside of. You know, is it a gray area? Is it, is it good state to state or nobody, as long as they have consent, then we're good to go? I, I can't speak to every state. I've done it in Florida. I've done it in Tennessee. I've done it in a couple other states. I have not done it in Texas. I haven't done it in some other states. So I can't comment to that. Um, I know that there it's, it is a bit of a gray area, I believe, but I think as long as you have, and I've seen plenty of other listings in, in other states and other areas, you know, listed as a contract for sale, not necessarily the property. So as long as you word it that way in the, um, this is not legal advice, but as long as you are uh, wording it in a way where, you know, you're selling the contract, not necessarily saying that you're representing the seller or anything like that, where you're not acting as an agent and not acting as if you own it yourself, then my experience is then, you know, you're, you're kind of in the clear, unless there's some weird state rule in some state I don't know about. Yeah, I know. I think it's pretty simple. I just, I've never done it. So I, I can't give any good tips one way or the other. So I appreciate that, man. I was kind of thinking the same thing. It would have to be something they sign. Uh, most of my agreements do say that we have the right to market the property immediately upon signing, right? Because we got to bring either a partner in, like somebody needs to come take a look at this thing. Totally. Um, in, so in, in addition to that, I just, I just make sure I put has the ability to market, including on the MLS or multiple listing service, however you want to phrase it, just so there's no confusion 
in case something were to happen. And, you know, they were like, hey, why am I seeing this online? Well, you signed something saying that I can list this on the MLS. So, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, if you don't mind me asking, Matt, how does that conversation go? You, you put out a lead and you contact a seller and they're thinking you want to buy the property and then you change it to you want to list it. They're thinking you're the end buyer. How does well, that conversation well, you, go with the first you, time? You have to be prepared to close on it yourself. If that's the case, and mm-hmm. you're going to put it under contract and you're going to try to list it on the MLS, like like I typically have my purchase agreements. I try to do, unless I already have a buyer lined up, if I don't have a buyer already lined up, I try to do no less than 90 days on a purchase agreement. I, in fact, I try to go for 180 if I can. So I try to get somewhere between 90 to 180 days to close if possible. And then if I don't already have a buyer lined up and if that's the case, then, um, you know, I'll, I don't always do this, but I put it on the MLS before and sold the contract. And, uh, sometimes the agents, the buyer's agents you're working with are a little weirded out by it because they've never seen it. Cause it's not something typically agents have to deal with. Um, but you mm-hmm. just have to walk them through the process and let them, you know, the title company will be aware of it. This is my- you just got to kind of let everyone know now with a seller, if the seller sees it online and they see it, you know, on the MLS, then that's the conversation you're going to have to have with them. Hey, seller, you know, my, the agreement we signed said I have the right to list it on the MLS. Um, but the thing is, if it gets really weird, you might have to be prepared to close on it yourself. So pretty much any deal I put under contract, I am, I, I know that I'm going to have to potentially close on it myself if I don't have a buyer to assign it to. And I'm, I try to take that responsibility so I don't leave my buyer, my sellers out to hang. Hey, so, um, hey, so I, I do I do list my assignments um, on in Florida. Um, <clears throat> to answer to answer Anthony's question is very great um, because it all comes down to whether you want to do it with a real estate agent, which a lot of like ninety nine percent of them are not going to let you do it with them. Um, I do have an agent that allows me to do it with them, but only because he knows and trusts me, right? Um, but they're really not supposed to. Um, and then also depends on the listing service that you use. There is a million um, flat fees out there that'd be like, hey, I'll, we, we can flat fee your property, pay us and we'll list it. So it's like, I don't know, it's a bunch of them. And they're basically just agents or brokers that are just listing for, you know, quote unquote, the property owner. Um, but like I have right now, I have active contracts that um, I have listed right now. And I didn't have to have the seller sign any uh any extra, you know, oh, we're going to be marketing it, et cetera, uh, because the contract has the assignment clause in it. So um, the only thing is, though, when the uh, when the listing service lists it, list it, they do put that this is an assignment. It's like a full disclosure on the listing. This listing is an assignment. So every agent that hits me up, they know that this is going to be an assignment. They don't they're not going to be questioned like, are you the owner? Or are you not? So it's a full, you can do it and it's a full disclaimer, um, but it varies on the listing service. It varies on an agent if you decide to use them. Um, and I guess it varies on the contract because it varies state to state, um, but it's very, very gray, gray area, super gray. And even if, if the seller sees that you're listing it for higher than what you have it on the contract for? Well, so this is what I do uh, to avoid that. Most sellers are not real estate agents. They're not, um, they don't have a license or they don't really, you know. So I just tell them, hey, I don't want this property on Zillow or realtor.com 
Um, no mm -hmm. public sites. I just want it on the MLS only. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So if it's on the MLS, yeah, there's properties listed on the MLS, right? Mm -hmm. That's not on ZillowRealtor.com and only right. have access to. So I just keep it that way. So I don't see no, you know, oh, my property's on Zillow, my property's on here. So it completely avoids all of that. So no public records and they uh, they fill in my request every time. Okay, that makes perfect sense. Okay, thank you. That makes sense. How, where do you find, how do you find that uh, you get those, who do you talk to to get your property on the MLS without it hitting Zillow and Redfin and stuff? Well, it's a, it's, well, it's, it's a, you're going to have to go through a couple of them. It's a, it's a bunch of flat fee listing services out there. If you type in flat fee on Google, you're going to guarantee you see 10 services. Hey, I'll list your property. I'll list your, it's going to be a bunch of them. Um, some are investor friendly and then some not too much. Most of them will require you to show a deed or something. And then some of them, they don't care. They just rather just see the contract. Oh, you have a contract. Okay, great. We'll do it. Um, Cause I know some, some flat fees, are good in some states and then some not so much like the one that i use in florida um they only do florida i don't even i think florida and alabama they don't do any other state um so it's you know so it, it varies it varies a lot and they charge you a flat fee up front or on the sale yeah up front i paid them 145 bucks give it to oh. them they oh, list it nice. and then yeah yeah cool. that's cheap something in on top of all that um look possibly for exp realtors in your area uh they're very very investor friendly and uh you know contact some of them and ask if they will post for a flat fee a lot of times they will and like deandre said they're anywhere from a hundred to five hundred dollars and if you continue to bring to them they'll continue to work with you and move a lot of stuff but uh, what is realtors um, is the brokerage. EXP. A lot of, yeah, EXP. Oh, okay. EXP, okay. like the old Ford. Ford EXP. Yep, they're, <laughs> they're very investor friendly. Um, that's that's who I'm going to hang my license with here, uh, just because and so forth. But uh, it's not like your typical, you know, Keller Williams or yeah, uh, right. Caldwell or anything like that that has regulations against it. Right. So if I could tell you real quick how my conversation went um, with my seller, I just said, uh, when I contact the seller, uh, I said, I'm interested in your property. I want some information about your property. And then, you know, as we build a little bit of rapport and I'm getting the information that I need and it sounds like a deal that I want to pursue, I say, um, well, let me talk to my partner about it and see if he wants to go in on this. Do you mind if he buys it? Boom, no, I don't care if you buy it or if your partner buys it. Oh, okay, great. And if my partner isn't interested, I have some other investors that I work with. Do you mind if, if I bring them to the table if they buy it? No, I, I, I don't care if they buy it. All right, super, well now listen, uh, if you see this, if you see your property listed on Facebook or something, uh, I'm just trying to generate some buzz and, and drive the price up. So uh, is that okay with you? Yeah, fine. No, not a problem. You bring me 25 grand. That's all I care about. Okay, super. And so that's how, you know, you, tip, you don't start off with, hey, I'm a realtor. 
you know, I want to list your property or I'm a wholesaler. Um, I went there too quick with my last one and he called me a, a hustler and got mad at me and didn't want to hear. He said, I don't want you on my property and I don't want you taking people on my property. And it, the place was a joke. I mean, the place was a rundown, beat up. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> He didn't, he didn't want me taking anybody to check this thing out. Like, are you serious, dude? <laughs> hey, fine, man. You know, I thought I could make 10 grand on this piece of property with a scrape off. And uh, anyway, but he called me uh, called me a hustler and didn't want me calling him back. So what are you going to do? Yeah, Win some, you lose some. Hey, Bob, if I was him, I would be like, hey, man, can you get 50 people here? Like, yeah. You guys, you guys can bust through the window if y'all need to, man. Honestly, I was on. Yeah, look at that thing. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I know it's it's a mess, isn't it? Something. Wow. Yeah, and he That's wanted amazing. to go He wanted. He just said, "I'm going to have a realtor list it," and I said, "Oh, give me give me a chance," you know. And uh, no, I I couldn't even make him a cash offer. He didn't want, he's an older guy. He doesn't understand, you know, I don't know if he's, uh, yeah, you know, he was getting it. input from his, you know, family members or what, but when he heard wholesale, mm -hmm. oh, oh, you know, that's it. He didn't want yeah. to do mm -hmm. Oh, well. that's exact. Thank you. Thank you for the visual. I like that. <laughs> that's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> sure. All right, everyone, I think we are approaching the hour. So if we have any closing thoughts, any, any other last minute questions? We really appreciate everybody being on here because uh, it, it does mean a lot to me, right? I know everybody's here to learn and try to make some money, but I just, I think it's special that people come here and they invest their time with us and share their ideas and, and bring their questions. And like, if, if people care enough about it to be here, it does mean a lot. So we want to make sure that you get the value too, right? So that's why we try to do whatever we can, uh, bring a different bunch of different people on. We, we don't have any secrets. Somebody asked me earlier if I have some top secret stuff. I don't have any top secret anything because I would love to do a JV deal with you, right? So if I can make you as, as, as good as possible in a very short amount of time for next to nothing, then uh, yeah, people have brought me deals, right? 100 acres and 50 acres or just bring you a free house. And you're like, oh man, I already sold this thing before I even pulled up. Like I already made 10 grand when I parked. So uh, I think that only comes from relationships and from, you know, having a, a large number of people to do deals with. So yeah, we, we want you to get good just as quick as we can. There's, there's really not much secret sauce other than super hard work and showing up consistently. But I, we do appreciate you. We do love you. We, we don't want to see anybody fall. If somebody does have some kind of personal failure where you can't go on, yeah, just give myself or Daniel a call and We'll see if we can't plug you into some kind of resource to make sure that uh, you don't, you don't uh, you know, wither and die on us. We want you to, to continue to be able to invest your time and energy here and we want to see you grow. Thank hey, you. Anthony, is your, is your San Antonio office open to anyone who can just come or is it just for the mastermind? Um, if you're a, a HiveMind member and you're on the master plan, then you're welcome to come in and learn. If, if you're just any HiveMind member, come on in, say hi, all that stuff. Um, and then also we have a, a boot camp that we're running 
for a full week to stay there, all your food included, everything's just like an, an intensive. We're not there. There's no classroom step-by-step, step, steps A through Z. This is uh, like you're on the dialer. Like I'm saying, like we're going to get somebody on the phone and we're going to close some business. We're going to try to get you a contract before you leave. Um, so we have Yay. that. But yeah, <laughs> I, I think, um, yeah, if you're inside in the San Antonio area, pop on in, pop on in, say hi, and we'll throw some steaks on the grill or something and show you around. And yeah, you're welcome to hang out and learn and vibe and try to figure this game out okay cool thank you heck yeah no would love to see you down here sometime you're very welcome thank you all right everyone y'all have a blessed evening super super appreciate it let us know what we can do to help okay thanks okay. thank you thank you everybody the show is sponsored by the list guys do you need more leads in your local or virtual market one in 10 small businesses don't invest in any kind of marketing. The list guys have over 35 plus list types to choose from and you can mix and match any list or criteria. We also use the skip trace list and provide up to seven numbers and email addresses. Every list you purchase will be scrubbed against previous purchases. The list guys are here to save you time. Contact the list guys today at www.onelistguys.com. That's www.the number one listguys.com.